0: All right, will you arise with me for the reading of the Word of God? Okay, we're going to look at three places, really, really, I'll read fast, okay? We're going to start with Exodus chapter 25, verse 30, and then we're going to jump to Exodus 33, okay, Uh, verses 1, verses 14 through 18, and then Ezekiel 47, 1, 2, 9, and 10. 12 okay if you could open your bibles or your phone or look up here okay exodus chapter 25 verse 30 it says put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times everybody say all times all times sometimes all, all time. times once in a while all, all times when you feel like it all, time. all times jump to exodus 33, this is one of my life verse, starting at verse 14. The Lord replied, My presence, everybody say, my presence. my presence, will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence, say presence, presence. Does not go with us. Do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me? Say distinguish. Distinguish. And your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now, show me your glory. Say glory. Glory. And then let's jump to Ezekiel 47. Is this my, do I need to use the hand mic? It's like ringing. Do you guys hear this or am I the only one hearing it? No? What do you think? Andrew, what do I do? Okay, let's try this one more time. Can you hear me? Okay, Ezekiel 47, starting on verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water, say water, water. coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down, say water. water, from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. And the water, say water, water was trickling from the south side. Say trickling. Trickling. We're going to skip to verse 9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So, everybody say so. So. Where the river flows, everything will live. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month, say every month. month. They will bear fruit because the water, say water, water, from the sanctuary flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Let us pray. Spirit of God, today, awaken us. the source of life awaken us to your presence show us how powerful your presence is and show us how powerful our presence is when our water flows from your presence lord deliver us from the evil presence that sucks life out of us and empower us to go to your presence to receive the water Your water. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today I'm going to talk about the power of the presence. Say presence. Presence. Just like I pray, I really believe in this season. God wants to awaken you and I to the power, another level of knowledge, okay, another level of awareness of the power of the presence. There's power in presence. Everybody say presence. presence. You experience something either positive or negative when you are in someone's presence. Okay? When you are in the presence of the good, you experience life. And that very presence gives you life. Everybody say life. life. You know, for me personally, when I'm worn out and exhausted, right? And I, you know, I try to pray and You know, I can't seem to, like, get life. You know what I do? I call Chinwe. Chinwe. I need some girlfriend time. Come, take me to pedicure or something. And she would come, you know, along with, you know, sometimes Alicia or whoever, and we would just go out. And their presence gives me life, okay? However, when you are in the presence of the evil, you experience death. It sucks life out of you slowly, okay? There are certain presence that just sucks life. Kendra, you're laughing because I know you've experienced it, right? And I want to ask you, what kind of presence are you to others? Do you give life or do you suck pres- life? Hmm? And another question is this. In what presence do you spend time on a day-to-day basis, yeah. Hm? Water here, it's not here just for me to drink. Water gives life, right? You got to drink water. Don't you want some? So refreshing. (laughs) Humans, we need water to survive. You and I could live without food for over three weeks, okay? But without water, we cannot survive a week. Usually, we could last about three to four days without water okay you know 65 percent of your body is made out of water did you know that that's why we need water every living cell in your body needs water to keep functioning okay that's why you gotta drink water all right not just for clear skin right water did you know older people like me right water acts as a lubricant for our joints did you know that hmm Water regulates our body temperature through sweating, right? Your brain needs water to manufacture hormones and neurotransmitters, huh? Water acts as a shock absorber, right? For your brain and spinal cord. We need water. Did you know water converts food to components needed to survive? Water even helps you flush waste and the list goes on and on and you know even if you're not trying our body we lose water constantly okay through sweating by going to the bathroom even in your breathing you lose water they say and dehydration Everybody say dehydration, dehydration happens quickly causing extreme thirst, fatigue, and ultimately organ failure that leads to death. Man, water is very important. You know, a person can go from feeling thirsty and kind of sluggish on the first day with no water, first day, to having organ failure by the third day if you don't get any water. Mm water the presence of God is like water to our soul just like your body needs water your soul your spirit spirit needs the presence of God and today God wants to I dare to say that God wants to heal us from spiritual dehydration and to He wants to awaken us to the power of the presence of God. And not only his presence, but he wants you and I to know how powerful even our presence is, okay? We looked at Ezekiel, right? In Ezekiel, okay, an angel, he calls this man, takes Ezekiel to the entrance of the temple. And Ezekiel sees water coming under the threshold of the temple, everybody say threshold. threshold, toward the east, and the water is trickling, it says, the water was trickling from the south side towards the east, this trickling water, and this man measures a trickle, you know what a trickle is, here, give, here. let me, I need this, okay, let me show you, this is, this, this water can quench your thirst, but a trickle that, that's a lot, just, just a trickle, just a trickle, I, just a trickle, Isaiah. This man just saw a trickle coming out under the threshold of the temple, and as that trickle was just barely flowing, he measured a 1,000 cubits. They say it's about 1,700 feet, okay? 1,000 cubits, this trickle becomes an ankle level. And then he measures another thousand, it becomes knee level. Measures another thousand, becomes waist level. Another becomes swim level, where you will drown. And then it becomes a river that flows. And it says, verse 9 says, right, wherever this river goes, everything will live. And not only that, along the banks of this river, Trees will grow, and every month, not once a year, everybody say every month. Every month month it will bear fruit, fruit for food and leaves for healing. A trickle, everybody say "A a trickle. The trickle that flows from God's sanctuary that represents the presence of God can become a river that gives life. You may be a trickle. On your own, you may feel like I'm just a trickle. What can trickle do? What can I do? I don't even have enough faith for myself. I can't, I can't quit. A trickle can't do anything. I'm just little me. A trickle. But if you are a trickle that flows from the presence of God, from the sanctuary of God, you can give life wherever you go. Amen. According to the Scripture, wherever this trickle goes, everything will live. Don't be discouraged. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. When you see death in your workplace. You know, I have a lot of, lot of our people, very, you know, strong leaders, men and women of God coming, oh, Pastor Sonny, pray for me. What's wrong? Oh, my God, it's so dark in my workplace. Don't be discouraged. Don't be scared. That's why God sent you that trickle into dead places so that your trickle will make dead things become alive again. Don't be discouraged when you see lack of life in your family. Hmm? Don't be discouraged when you see lack of life in your marriage. You just have to come to the sanctuary to the presence of God, receive the water. And even if it's a trickle, wherever that trickle goes, into your marriage, into your children, into your workplaces, into your situation, dead things become alive again. Amen? You know, I was talking about Nepal earlier, right? In Nepal, you want to hear about a trickle in the country of Nepal? Hmm? In Nepal, is less than 1% Christianity. Okay? There are about 275 people groups. You know what that means? They all speak different language, different dialect. Okay? The largest religion is Hinduism, about 84%, and rest is like Buddhism, and then like one less than 1% of Christianity and you know like witchcraft and you know different things, right? It's illegal there to evangelize, and to convert, okay? So I met this man, okay? When we first got to Nepal, I got to partake in training the pastors. And about 50, 60 of them came from all over Nepal to Kathmandu, which is the uh, capital city, and we got to do training. And, you know, as I heard the stories of this pastor, I was like, Lord, I am unworthy to even stand before them one pastor listen he was the first christian okay he was the first christian and and he went away right to another country for work he came back as a christian and there it's legal right and and so in the town hall meeting he stands up and he just felt led he just stood up and said i'm a christian and all the young people they're looking at the leader ready to beat him ready to just Get to him. But the leader didn't say anything, and so they didn't beat him. Afterwards, there's a handful of people that secretly came to him and said, you know what? You know what, brother? I'm a Christian too, but I was too scared. And so these handful of people gathered together, and they started the first church in this village. And you know what? And, of course, every time somebody becomes a Christian, villagers come, try to persuade them back by scaring them, beating them, right, burning down the church. And, you know, after a while, like, uh, they're like, what's, what's the use of building the church back again when, they're, when it's going to be burned down again? And this pastor is like, if they burn it down, we'll build it again. But what if they bur- burn it down again? They will build it again. That trickle one christian and you know what's crazy nepal people are amazing so there's handful of christians you know they have friends and family right so like you know even if they're not christian they're gonna like hang out with their family and friends right and so these non-christians who hung out with these christians are now being persecuted you're a christian too i saw you with that christian And they're like, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus. You're a liar. You are a Christian. And they would beat them, right? I I mean, they really were not Christians, but they just associated with Christians, and they got beaten. What do we do when we go through some hardships? Oh, God, why did you have forsaken me? You don't love me, right? people that are not even christians after they got beaten you know what their thought process was if i have been beaten in the name of jesus then i must belong to jesus what (laughs) so all these christians that i met now they're pastors they got beaten into christianity the power of a trickle god's like i don't have enough missionaries there Shoot, then I'll just give a trickle. A trickle could change the whole village and the whole nation. Hmm? You know, these pastors would have to hike down one or two days on foot to come to that training. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Even that story that I told you about, the son of this first Christian, he didn't even believe. And they're like, your father is a Christian. You must be a Christian. I'm not. And his father didn't, like, make him become a Christian. He just waited patiently. And when his father left for work again, right, and this these villagers with sick people would come, and he's like, why are you bringing these sick people to me? I don't even believe in Jesus. And they're so desperate. Please, there's no hospitals here. Please. And he would just pray. If you're real, God, in the name of Jesus that my father believes in, heal. And God actually heals them. Isn't that crazy? The power of a trickle. Hmm? You may not have faith in me, but you have faith in your father's faith. What? What? Oh, my goodness. You see, for me, the presence of God is life to me I knew it before I experienced the manifest presence of God that's why I hunger for it I desperately sought after it you know in the beginning right like if you saw me in my 20s right late teens and early 20s if you came to church you would see a, a young girl who looked like demon possessed because who I was on at the altar rolling around crying wailing for more of God's presence. I didn't didn't even know what that meant. I grew up Presbyterian, guys. But I just knew. I just knew there was much more than I was experiencing as a Christian. You know how I knew? Two things led me to know that there was more. Number one, growing up, I experienced evil presence every night. Three to five nights a week, evil presence would come and torment me, right? And like, I would be so scared. I can't move my body. I I sense the evil presence, right? And even certain areas, as I'm walking by, I just, you know how like you look, you you go, you look, right? And sometimes when, most of the time when you look, there's nobody, right? Because it's spiritual. But often when I look, I would see shadows for real, right? So I knew evil presence, and I thought if there's evil presence, there's got to be God's presence, and I'm desperate for it. It, Like God's presence is like a a, a refuge, a stronghold, a safe place that I want to run into, but not only because of my experience, but even the scripture said, in your presence, say presence, there's fullness of joy. Hmm? You know, there are certain presence That sucks life out of you. Mm -hmm. There are evil presents. We're gonna actually, we have friends in San Francisco, right? Uh, We started befriending pastors in San Francisco when we started our campus in SF. We met, and I probably told this to some of you we met this pastor who did not come from San Francisco, okay? He moved to San Francisco to plant a church in San Francisco. After about a few years of planting his church, he said, all I know is that in the middle of the night, I knew my mind was going crazy. And I told my wife, call 911. She's like, why, why? Just He just felt anxiety. He just felt like his mind. He, he's like, the only way I could explain it was I'm losing my mind. And so she called 911. And then he was at emergency. And he was just losing his mind. And then in the spirit, God says, this is spiritual. Pray in your prayer language. And he started to pray. And you know what? It took him months, he said. He took medication. He still, like, of course, he fought it spiritually. He also fought it medically, right? So he took medication. He started praying. And so this is, like, many years after when we were talking to him. And so I was like, are you completely free? You know what he said? I am, but there are certain regions in San Francisco. When I drive by or walk by, it's always those same region. When I walk by this certain region, this evil presence comes and his mind, he loses clarity. And he, right? And then he's like, he says, and the only way I know how to like cling, hold on, To clarity in my mind is pray in my spiritual language. There's some presence. There's evil presence that sucks life out of you. And sometimes there are certain presence that's not really evil, but that still sucks life out of you. Too much Netflix will suck life out of you. Us Koreans, too much Korean dramas. (laughs) will suck life out of us. You know, when we drench ourselves in the world with the spirit of the world and we feed our flesh, spiritual life is being sucked out and we don't even know it. And the emptier we get here, when we remain here in the presence that sucks light of us, emptier we get, guess what? We lose appetite for the things of God. Is it really necessary that I read the Bible every day? I don't feel it anyway. I don't feel anything anyway when I read it. Is it really necessary for me to go to church every Sunday? Hmm? We lose appetite for the things of God. God gives you life. He breathed life into your being. But when we remain in this presence where that sucks life out of you? It's like your water is being sucked out. And you become empty. You become emptier you get. You don't care. You become apathetic. Emptier you get. You live in discouragement. Emptier you get. You live with anxiety. Hmm? I want you to Look at this cup. I want you to look at your own soul. Are you filled with water of life? Or are you empty? Mm. Is life being sucked out of you? Or is life being poured into you? It depends on where you spend your time. In the presence that gives life or in the presence that sucks life out of you. Just like Physical dehydration happens in three days, two to three days. Spiritual dehydration happens the same. Wow. That's why it's easier to watch something on TV than to pray. Yeah. That's why it's easier hmm, to call somebody on the phone than to open the Bible. Why? Life, water, is being sucked. And then the emptier you get, your mindset becomes like this world. Is it really wrong? I know what the Bible says, but but that's 2,000 years old. Is it really wrong? I mean, right? You become, you start to like. The things of the world even though you know you belong to Jesus yeah. you believe in God you trust in God but when the life is sucked out emptier you get really is it really necessary hmm? however when you come to the presence of God the presence of the community presence of those that give you life you could come empty, and you feel like, oh, I, can't, I can't talk because I'm so dry. But when you come to the right presence, oh, I don't even have a trickle. I can't pray. I don't have faith for anything. I had a friend that says, Sunny, I mean, she went to, like, Bible college and seminary with me. And guess what? She was a pastor by then. At that time, she said, Sonny, can I just be real with you? I was like, yeah, I have no faith for anything what? I don't have faith that God heals. I don't have faith that God listens to prayers. I was like, what? And so we spent that weekend together. And as you spend time in the right presence, life gets poured into you. It lubricates. huh? It hydrates. Now, something that you couldn't believe for longest time, all of a sudden, wait, why couldn't I believe that? What? Right? All of a sudden, as life is being poured into you, you start to believe. And the more you spend time here, the word of God tastes so good. Something you dread it. You just open a chapter a day because you're supposed to. Now, when you spend enough time, in the beginning, you got to give yourself some time, guys. When it's dry, it doesn't taste good. But the more you stay, the more you get filled. The Word of God actually tastes so good. Oh, my God, this is so good. You want to underline every word. You want to circle every other word, right? You want to send it to every member of your family. The Word of God becomes so good. Worship takes you you know here it's like you come to every service you're like what is these people screaming about and lifting hands about and now you get filled it's like ding one note and you're like oh god <laughs> prayer becomes life giving yeah, yeah. there you dread it oh, i got to pray uh. here it becomes your lifeline you become more drawn to the things of God. You become drawn to the gatherings of your fellow brothers and sisters. You know, when I first experienced the manifest presence of God, like, like crazy, where, you know, like in Presbyterian church, like if you speak in tongues, it's most likely demonic, you know? Like like I was taught that. Like in that state, but I was still crying out for more of God, and the presence of God like came on me right i became more hungry you know the first response to me experiencing the presence of god is two things as soon as he filled me as soon as i become aware of his presence i started to weep and then i started to say i love you jesus and i'm thinking do you even know him but in the presence i just like, I love you, Jesus. And in my confession of my love, I cried, I love you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I, I, I love Jesus. And I cried. Wow. You know, I don't know if you remember. When we were meeting at Linen Life, we had a, a Japanese couple, right? I think woman was Japanese and husband was African-American. They, they brought the woman's mom once. To our church. And that was her first time ever stepping into a church building. And then we get a phone call a few weeks later saying that she's dying of cancer. Will you come visit? And so Benjamin went to the, uh, you probably heard this story. Benjamin went to the hospital and he just sat down on her bed and just told her from Abraham all the way to Jesus like a story. And she's like listening. And by the time uh, crucifixion came, her tears were coming down. He had to die yet to die right and at the end at the end like it was natural for benjamin to lead her to christ and as she received jesus she started to weep and she started to say with her broken english i love you jesus i love you jesus jesus i love you jesus i love you this Japanese grandmother that's never been to a church, that never read a Bible, that never was discipled, received Jesus on her deathbed, and she, she experienced the presence of God. Later on, we found out that as she received Jesus, her physical eyes saw Jesus come into the room, and she said he was so beautiful. He was so beautiful that the confession of love just flew came out of her mouth don't you want that i mean i know you love jesus i know i love jesus but you know what i'm not satisfied here there's more there's more to his presence that he wants to release upon you and i you know i have two life verses. one is mark chapter 6 39 everyone don't be afraid just believe you know why I have to cling to that? Because I grew up with so much fear. You think, oh, Pastor Sunny going to Nepal, Sudan, oh, you're bold. You don't understand. You don't understand. I grew up with fear. I was afraid of, of ghosts. I was afraid of demons. I was afraid of bugs. I was afraid of darkness. I was afraid of everything. And the only way for me to say yes to Jesus is to cling to this word first time I went to Africa these crazy bugs coming at me don't be afraid just believe don't be afraid just believe the first time I had to preach in front of hundreds of pastors don't be afraid just believe they don't believe in women in ministry and I'm coming up here all men sitting right don't be afraid I'm shaking, and I'm saying, don't be afraid, just believe, don't be afraid, just believe. I remember, remember when we were across the street, we prayed every Friday night, all night prayer, some of you joined me, remember that? In one of those all night prayer, God gave me Exodus chapter 33, and I want to give this to you. If you call this your home church, your home, this promise that God gave me is yours. Here, God says, my presence will go with you. And Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us out. Don't send us out. And God says, I will do the very thing that you have promised. And I cried out, God, when I see myself, I see nothing. I see these church members that look to me as their pastor. But when I see myself, I see nothing. So, God, if your presence isn't with me, I can't do anything. I can't lead anybody. God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I I can't go to the mission field. I'm empty. I'm nothing without your presence. And I remember just crying out, just crying out. If you come to those night watches, all you hear me is just scream and cry, right? Right? Not because I've sinned, not because I'm miserable. It's because I'm just hungry for more of his presence. And he gave me three promises. You you ready? And you probably heard this, but I want to say it again because it's yours also. Number one, God says, Sonny, you will know my presence. Sonny, you will be known by my presence. Have you ever went into a room where nobody knew you? You are not known by anybody. You are not known by any presence. But when you walk into a room and you have friends and family members, Jessica, yay, Ayana, when you walk in, you are known. Does <laughs> that scare you? You are known. Grace, Corrine, you are known. God says you will be known by my presence. When I enter, wherever I go, Sunny, the presence of God will know me. I will be known by his presence. Number three, this is my favorite one. You will be known for my presence. I may not have this gift or that gift, but I will have his presence. And people will encounter his presence. And you know what's crazy about the presence of God? The more you experience, the more hungry you become. Physically, the more we eat, We become full, right? When I go to, like, um, buffets, man, it pains me when I feel full. It's like so much food, and my stomach, oh, I don't want to get full. But physical food, the more you eat, you get full, and you just can't have enough. You just can't have more. But with the presence of God, the more you eat of it, the more hungry you become, and you enlarge your capability to consume more of his presence. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. There's more. You know, um, I want to talk about Pastor Baum. Say, Pastor Baum. Pastor so I got to preach at a local church, and as I was preaching, there was this very short, like, like this short man, sitting in the back just shaking. I thought, wow, the spirit of God is all over him. Wow, like he's hungry, right? And then that night we had dinner with the pastors and leaders, and he walks in. And he sits down with watery, teary eyes, trembling, he shares. I am 25 years old. 25-year-old, anybody 25? Your, come, come on, be confident, 25, 26? 27, come on, mid-20s, raise your hand. Mid-20s, raise your hand, okay? He said, I am 25 years old. I received Jesus five years ago when I was 20. Two years ago, God called me to plant a church in my village because in my village, there's no church. Two years ago, I planted this church. But in last two years, you know what that means? He was 23 years old when he planted this church two years ago. Two years, he said, my church building has been burned twice. I'm trying to build it up again the third time. Oh, okay. Like, how long does it take for us to get to your village? Well, it took me three days to get here. Three days? What did you have to do? Well, I have to walk two days on foot. Okay, like, you mean like a trail, a road? No. Just mountain. Wow. Do you have to like jump and climb rock sometimes? Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> he has to climb down two days. I was like, w- what? He's like, well, it's like I trek down nine hours and I, find I stay at a village. And the next day I trek down another nine hours and I take a bus and bus takes all day to get to this village. So I'm thinking, as he's sharing, I'm thinking, okay, so in order for us to get to his village, we have to get on the bus all day. And then on foot, not a nice trail, not like Missions Peak, even though Missions Peak is hard. We have to trek, if it took the local person nine hours, I wonder how long it's going to take me. And then... Two days to get to his village from that place. Hmm. I was like, is it dangerous? Oh, you know, no. You know, there's tigers and bears, but it's okay. (laughs) Oh. Okay. But my heart broke, you know. 25 years, he never went to Bible college. You know what that means? All the 25, 26, 27-year-olds, you know more than this pastor does. If you come to church once or twice a month and you hear your pastors preach, you know what they begged me? They said, can you please come teach us? We want to grow. We love Jesus, but we don't know. I said, what about the Bible? Well, it is, we do have Tamang Bible, but we have different dialects. We don't understand it when we read it. The only way we could grow is when somebody comes and teaches by hearing. But who wants to climb two days on the mountain? That night, my heart was broken. I actually thought of Paul, our Paul, because I think you're the youngest, right? Newly like rededicated, fiery, passionate, (laughs) right? So I'm thinking Paul, the guy hiding behind Briante. You know why my heart was broken? Because I saw Paul in him. And if I thought if Paul had to be up in the mountain alone, surrounded by these villagers that's persecuting him, and he doesn't know that much, my heart just broke. And I went to bed being broken. The next morning, I do my QT And Exodus chapter 25 and verse 30, he gives me. He says, Sonny, put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. This is what he said, Sonny. All your life, you've been crying out for more of my presence. You've been pursuing my presence. God, give me more or give me death. I did pray that. (laughs) Very dramatic. If you're not going to give me more of you, just kill me, God. I don't wanna live. Give me more or give me death. You've been crying out for more of my presence. Well, you know what, Sonny? In this season, I'm asking you for more of your presence. And you know what I heard? When he said, I'm asking for your presence, he's not asking for Sonny's presence, he's asking for Living Hope's presence. He said, Sonny, will you give my son, Baum the gift of your presence? When my presence comes on you, you said it's life to you. When you don't experience my presence, you say it's like death. When my sons and daughters in the mountains of Nepal are crying out for your presence, will you give them the gift of your presence? And I thought, on your behalf, Living Hope, look at me. I didn't answer for myself. I answered for you. I said, yes. You know what that means? You better be listening to the Holy Spirit and come talk to me after service and say, P.S., I'm willing to trek two days. I'm willing to climb the mountains with you to get to my brother, Pastor, so I'll be waiting for you in the front. <laughs> Let me tell you this. There, local Christians are perse- are beaten, killed, are persecuted. But what's the good news? Is this. Foreigners are protected. They can't touch foreigners. You know why? Because the government of Nepal protects foreigners. You know why? Because tour- tourism is number two money-making in that country. You and I are safe. They're not going to put us in prison. They're not going to kill us. The sacrifice is our comfort. If you say yes to this, peace, you know what that means? You got to carry everything you're going to eat and wear on your back. And it's not just nine hours of flat. It's nine to 10 hours up, right? Now, God said, put the bread of your presence, You see, back in Israel, like like back in Old Testament, God made tabernacle, right? Holy place and holy of holies. In the holy place, in one section, there's a table called the bread of the presence. And God said, every day, put 12 loaves of bread, every day, every day. It represents the presence of 12 tribes of Israel, okay? The bread represents what? Life source, your presence. And God is saying, Sonny, Sonny, there's put the bread. You know what God spoke to me? You coming to church every Sunday, you're not just doing a religious activity. You're not just doing a check mark. Okay, I went to church, protect me, Jesus. No, you have no idea. When you come to church on Sunday, you're coming to the threshold of the sanctuary. You are receiving the water of life. So that your trickle, just a trickle, could receive life. So that wherever you go, you could bring life. So that your life is not being sucked out, but that you become a life giver wherever you go. But not only that, when you come and receive the water of God, that when you come as brothers and sisters, you have no idea what kind of power you bring to this community. Remember I told you I get attacked a lot. When I married Benjamin, it stopped 95%. About 5% when he <laughs> travels, right, it gets on me. Once, Aletheia was like a few months old, right, an infant. She couldn't even walk. The evil presence came at me. And I, I prayed, I turned on the worship, I just couldn't break out of it. And in that moment, God said, go bring Aletheia. And I was like, Really? I don't want to introduce her to this evil presence, God. Just go get Alethea. So I go to her room. I pick up this infant, and I bring her to my bedroom. What can infant do? Can she pray for me? Can she declare breakthrough? She can't do anything. All she can do is just be present. But my baby's presence along with my presence, you know what? The evil presence lifted. You don't understand. When you come, when you come, you bring your bread. It's like every Sunday when you come to church, you're bringing your bread of your presence and you're laying it at the table of God's presence. And as you lay down your bread, you're receiving the bread of life. And you may not even know that, that that sister over there, you may have never met her, even talked to her, but you have no idea. You coming, your very presence in this room, join with my presence, join with his presence and her presence. You have no idea what kind of power you are releasing. You don't know that you coming here today, probably, maybe maybe have delivered your sister your brother from demonic oppression this week. If you didn't come, he or she may have encountered an evil presence that may have tormented. You have no idea how powerful your presence is in this community. Your presence is powerful. Your presence is necessary. And your presence is needed in this this community as we have our worship team come forward i want to end with this today god wants to give you the water of life he wants to give you his presence he wants to awaken you he wants to open up your eyes open up your spirit to the power of his presence he does not want any one of you to leave this sanctuary without receiving the water of his presence and as you are awakened to his presence my prayer is this that the holy spirit would speak to each one of you and pinpoint you know that presence that you've been going to lately that's not that's sucking life out of you you need to stop going there holy spirit to speak to you Right now, allow the Holy Spirit to pinpoint, you know that thing you've been doing? You know that place you've been going? It's sucking life. Mm -hmm. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you. And allow the Holy Spirit to activate faith in you. That you may be just a trickle, but you came to the house of God. Mm -hmm. You may be just a trickle, but you're drunk. You have drunk from his presence. You have water from his presence. You know what that means? This week, wherever your trickle goes, everything will live. You bring life. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that today you are awakening us to the deeper knowledge to a greater awareness, to the power of your presence. So Holy Spirit, right now, open our hearts, our eyes, our understanding to that truth. And empower us, help us to lay our bread, our bread of presence at the table of your presence. God, some of us came in here dehydrated spiritually. God, some of us came in here empty. At the end of our rope, we need your water. God, we need life. We need your presence. Come on. Come on, as I pray, as we pray, come on, drink from his presence. God, sensitize us to your presence. God, you are here among us. Awaken us to your presence. Even now, help us to drink from your presence. Some of us, we are dead to his presence because we have not received Jesus. But when you are born again, when you surrender and receive the Father's love through your faith in Christ Jesus, you become alive to his presence. Maybe some of you, you're saying, you know what? I want to become alive to the presence that you're talking about, sister. I want to surrender. I want want to say yes to Jesus. Just like that, that brother in Nepal that said, God, in the name of Jesus that my father believes, God, in the name of Jesus this preacher is talking about, God, in the name of Jesus that my mother's been telling me about, my friends been telling me about, God, I say yes. If today you want to say yes to Jesus and become alive to the presence of a living God, right now I want to ask you, I want to ask you to say yes. I want to ask you to lift your hands so that we could pray for you. As you lift your hands, the presence of God is going to come. I see that hand. Come on. Come on, I see that hand. Yes. God, let your presence be known. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. Spirit of God, I see that hand. Spirit of God, come. Come, touch your sons and daughters. Come, awaken your, sons, your lost sons and daughters to your presence, to your love. For those brothers and sisters that lifted their hands, Will you repeat this prayer after me, everyone? Say, God, God. I say yes. yes. Make me me become alive alive to your presence. presence. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. So I surrender surrender my heart, my my life life to you. you. Come into my heart. heart. Be Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive the forgiveness of the Father. And I receive the love of my Heavenly Father. So Holy Spirit, come fill me and make me alive again to your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we're going to pray again. If you could just arise. If you have lifted your hand, make sure we have our brothers and sisters with the card. We want to get your information so that we could help you walk this out. Let me, I want to pray for two more types of people. Okay? Stay with me for a few more minutes. Some of you, if you have been rededicated your life to God or given your life to Jesus in the last one year, this is for you. You know what I realized as I was praying for our people you know what i realized god what's keeping our new believers from breaking through and you know what god told me he said "Sonny, because you haven't taught them you haven't taught them to go all the way the bible says repent and be baptized when you pray the prayer when you lift your hands you did step one which is you receive jesus according to the bible all going all the way is You repent, you receive Jesus, and you get baptized. You know, baptism is the first step of obedience. You know what obedience does? Obedience anchors you in the right presence. Without the power of of obedience, you're like a ship without an anchor, and you flow easily back to this world. So I want to encourage and challenge Mm -hmm. the new believers. If you have not been baptized, Go all the way. He's worth it. Go all the way. You went half the way by receiving Jesus. Go all the way to obedience, which is to get baptized, right? This will really empower you to remain and anchor in the right presence. Now, lastly, I don't know about you, but I can't stay. In this level of water, in this level of presence that I've been walking in, I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I'm thankful that our services are powerful. Our worship is amazing. God speaks to us every Sunday. I'm thankful but there's more. There's more. I want the water to become a river here so that every sick person that comes in will walk out healed. So that every bound person will come to the water and walk out completely set free. I'm hungry. And just like Moses, Don't send us out from here without your presence. But you know what? You know what? When the hungry people gather together and seek him, as every trickle, I'm just a trickle. I don't know what my trickle can do. But when I come and lay the bread of my presence as I am, not cleaned up, not filled up as I am. As your trickle and I trickle come, pursuing for more, he will release. He will release the river of life. He will open the heaven gates wide and pour his spirit upon us. So I want to ask if you would join with me Pursue more of his presence here, here, not only when we go to Nepal, but here. That you want to become more aware of his manifest presence, that your eyes would see that you, your hands would sense and feel the presence of God, that your heart will know his presence, that when you go in back to your home or your work, that you sense his presence more than the evil presence so that you would release life wherever you go. If you're hungry, will you join with me at this altar and cry out? When we cry out, he will give us, he will fill us. So Spirit of God, we come before you as we are laying down the bread of our presence at your feet at the table of your presence we ask that you will open the heaven gates wide that you will pour out the waters from your sanctuary come come join me join me up in the front if you are hungry because your hunger will activate your hunger will open the door your hunger is a not